All right, is everyone all right? Welcome. If you're new, what we're going to do is read a little bit of the Bible and talk about what that means to us. And so if you have, a, if you feel like paper Bible saved, grab your paper Bible out. And um, otherwise you can grab it out on your phone. And we are going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 this morning. And just as you're doing that, maybe I'll pray real, real quick for the word. So God, I thank you that your word is powerful. Lord, I thank you that you want to lead us and teach us this morning. And I pray that as we read the word together, that you would speak in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Awesome. So the title of my message this morning is, It's Getting Messy. Does anyone feel like that about their life? <laughs> about the world, about anything, like it's getting messy. It feels like it's getting messy. And... Um, so I just want to show you, um, we've been on a renovation journey, like a reno journey. Do you love how Australians shorten everything? Reno, Jono, Davo. Do we have any Jonos or Davos here? No, that's sad. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to show you some photos. Um, we've been doing some renos at our place. This is the first one. This is like straight outside our um, back door at the moment. And uh, what have we got next? This is our, <laughs> this is after all of the trucks went up to, um, yeah, sort out whatever that was near the door. And I just felt so bad for Andrew because, um, oh, there's so much to say about these. <laughs> but poor Andrew was like on the ground like this, like picking weeds out before the truck came. And now it's just destroyed. <laughs> and he's just really sad about that. <laughs> he's actually ordering hot chips for you guys right now. So that's going to be cool. Hang around after the service. Uh, this is a wall that we knocked out. Go back one for me. Zozo, this is an actual rat like that we found in the wall and our dog thought that was really cool. Next one. <laughs> this, okay, this is our old oven. <laughs> it's from like, I'm pretty sure like Noah installed it and it never actually worked. It just forever said help. On the, <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> It just said that forever, and so we never actually used it. We were like, we just need to get rid of this thing. It needs help, seriously. And then this is when we pulled some of our carpet up. We had some bright green carpet, and it felt like a bit of a, like a bowling green or a tennis court inside. It was really cool. I think that's it. Is that it? Yeah, awesome. And so renovating is so fun, hey? Like, it's so fun. It's so creative. It's like, it's so awesome. We love it. But at the same time, it's so aggravating. And like, it's full of surprises. And you, you think you have a plan. <laughs> you don't have a plan. You think you have a plan. Maybe you have a plan of how things should be soon. Maybe you have a plan in your mind. Maybe it's on paper if you're like Kesha. It's like a plan on paper. But we have this idea of how things, how things will be soon. Can we all just laugh at that word soon for a moment? Because it is never soon when you're renovating. <laughs> like ever. It's not soon. But the point is, things happen when we renovate. <laughs> Surprises happen, things that we don't expect. And if we don't have a clear plan, when stuff happens, we don't have nothing to base our future decisions on, right? And it's exactly the same with our lives. The NRMA has this advertisement all around town at the moment. Excuse me, Andrew Logan. Could you give me some water? I'm so sorry. Thank you. It says, setbacks are just comebacks waiting to happen. <laughs> it's everywhere. There's one on the highway. This one's outside of Centro, um, just near the escalators there. I reckon that's great. Setbacks are comebacks waiting to happen. But that's only true if you have a goal. <laughs> if you have a goal, a setback can be useful and can create a comeback if you have a goal. 
So if we have our eyes on a goal. So our text today is from 2 Corinthians. I'm going to read a bunch of scripture today, okay? Is everyone cool with that? And um, it'll be on the screen as well, I think. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're going to read from 12 to 18, but really focusing on 16, 17, 18. Thanks so much, honey. Awesome. So it says, Therefore, having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech, and we're not like Moses who used to put a veil over his face so the sons of Israel could not look intently at the end of what was fading away, but their minds were hardened. For until this very day, at the reading of the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is Christ who removes it. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over the heart. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. I know this is a bit weird. If you're new, hang in there. Now, where the spirit, uh, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It's like everyone loves this verse. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Have you heard it before? Yeah, it's awesome. It is awesome. And then verse eight, verse eighteen, it says, "But we all, with unveiled faces, behold, are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, say transformed, into the image from into the same image from glory to glory." Just as from the Lord, the Spirit. It's interesting that he's saying, Paul is saying, the Spirit is the Lord. This is important for us, isn't it? This Holy Spirit isn't just like a tack on. The Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God and this is important. So what is he saying? So really in short, Paul is saying that we are being transformed into all that God would have us be, right? All that we are newly created to be and all that God is calling us towards. And so that might be emotionally or spiritually, Maybe it's like correcting our thinking. And he's saying, there was once a barrier between us and God, but there is not a barrier anymore. There is no barrier anymore. Because God has given us his spirit, and by his spirit, which is Lord, there is freedom from the old way of belonging to God. This is what he's talking about, from the old way of knowing God. There's a new way, and it's by his spirit that we approach God. No sacrifices, no to-do lists, nothing. We have the Holy Spirit by which we can approach God. Anytime we need to, whenever we need to. How wonderful. The message um, writes it like this. I'll just read from verse 16. Whenever, though, they turn, to God, they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil and there they are face to face. They suddenly recognize that God is a living personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. We are free of it, all of us. Nothing between us and God. Our faces shining with the brightness of his face. And it says, and so we are transfigured or transformed, much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. And we become like him. How beautiful. I'm sure there's not a person in the room who has not heard of C.S. Lewis. Anyone? Everyone's heard of him. Wonderful. Amazing. There was a book that he wrote called Mere Christianity. If you ever get a chance to read it, you just need to like be in a quiet space with no, <laughs> no distractions. But it's a really wonderful read if you ever get around to it. And so this is a little part of this book, Mere Christianity. And this is what he writes. Imagine yourself as a living house. So think of the pictures that we've just seen, this idea of renovating. Imagine yourself as a living house. God comes, God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he was doing. 
He is getting the drains right. He's stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing and so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in, way, in a way that hurts abominably and it doesn't make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought that you were being made into a decent little cottage. But he is building a palace and he intends to come and live in it himself. How beautiful, hey? (laughs) So today I just wanted to talk really quickly about the, the mess in the middle of transformation. And transformation can mean lots of things. Um, Sometimes transformation is like it's a change of season even. We've all been there, a change of season in our lives. And it always, transformation always accompanies mess, always. Sometimes a little bit, sometimes a lot. And that is just the nature of transformation is that there is mess that is involved. And so we should talk about it, right? So what mess? I'm talking about the mess that you feel when you allow the Holy Spirit to like unpack your deepest hurts, right? That feels messy, doesn't it? It feels messy. The mess of grief, maybe, with a change of season. The mess that sneaks up on you after you've prayed for direction or patience or opportunity. Sometimes those things, accom- they, a mess accompanies those things. The mess of a transformation in your life that you, a transition in your life that you didn't expect and it's kind of shaken you a little bit. Has anyone been there? Whoa, I didn't think that would happen. I was not expecting that. Sometimes that is messy as well. The mess of things outside of your control. Like so we get to choose some things, hey, but sometimes um, mess comes from other people's choices, from things that we can't control, things that are outside of our control and that feels difficult and it feels messy. Who is, is anyone here you're like not phased by mess, like at your house? You just don't even mind. Anyone? Okay, we're all clean freaks here. That's interesting. I just don't handle it well. Like I want to be able to, but I, I cannot do it. I can't do it. Like um, the picture you saw with the excavator out the back, right out the back doors. I didn't even know what that would look like. I came home from work and Andrew and the kids were there and I was like, okay, 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 okay. Everything's going to be okay. I'm saying, okay, okay, like trying to calm myself down. And she's like, come over here, kids. Mum can't handle this mess. Like, stay away from her. Just give us some space, you know. (laughs) I just can't handle it very well. I'm not good at it at all. I don't know if you relate. And not just physical mess, but just when things are messy, when things feel messy, when things are hard. (laughs) And so how do we get through the mess? I think it's important that we talk about this. Because it's easy to just say, trust God, (laughs) isn't it? And I am saying that. Definitely trust God. That's a great first step. Um, But the nuances of that and what does it look like and how do we trust God when things are messy and what do we need to remember when things are messy? And um, so that's what we're going to talk about. So I think really... In the, with the disruption and uncertainty of transformation. So we really need to assess a few things. And I think the first thing that we read here that Paul is talking about is we need to remember that there's no barriers. There's no barriers between us and God. There are none. <laughs> I think lots of us, we, we know this with our minds, 
But sometimes there is still this suspicion that, oh, this is too messy for God. This is too hard for God. I'm too, I'm too far. I'm too far gone. This is too, God can't do this. God can't do this. There are no barriers and God can do this. <laughs> there are no barriers. There are no barriers between us and God anymore. And that means it's never been easier for us to approach him. He's our father. He's a good father. And we can ask him for help whenever we need it. So we need to remember there's no barriers. Um, we just read that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And that means there's, the free, there's a freedom that abounds in mess and that abounds in disruption when we bring our requests to God. So what does Paul mean when we, he uses the word freedom in this passage? When I think of the word freedom, if you want to call something out, go for it. But I'm like William Wallace, right? Anyone else who's seen Braveheart? It's gory. Don't see it if you haven't seen it. <laughs> it's pretty scary. <laughs> William Wallace, oh, he, like the best. He's, he's a legend, right? <laughs> Amazing. I think uh, when I think of freedom, I think of like doing whatever I want. No responsibilities. I'm just going to do whatever I want. How good is that? Sounds amazing. Hey. And so we've got this modern way of thinking about what freedom is. Um, but Paul in this passage, he's talking about the freedom that we now have because of the Holy Spirit, the freedom that we have to approach God. We are free from the old ways. We are free from all of these laws, all of these things that we thought we needed to do for God to love us, for God to care about us. We are free of those things. That is freedom. That is the freedom that Paul is talking about. Freedom to approach him and to be close to him and ask to ask him for help. I think in our, like, in our current church culture, in our Christian culture, even since I, I don't know, as long as I've grown up, I've known, I've known and I've been told that God loves you and he's close to you. He loves you and he's close to you. We've all heard that before, right? I hope you have heard that before in a church. He does love you and he is close to you. But there's a certain familiarity that kind of breeds when we hear these things over and over. <laughs> And I just pray for us as a church that we never get used to the reality that God is close to us. Because in the mess, when things get messy, this is an anchor. This is an anchor for us that God is close. There's no barriers between us. He's close to us and he loves us. I pray we never get used to it. I was watching um, Star Wars. Any Star Wars fans? It's like no one's willing to admit it, but everyone loves it. That's what I think it is. <laughs> Andrew's up the back, like, doing this one. <laughs> um, we were watching Star Wars. I can't remember what one it was, but I was watching it with Joseph. And, um, and so Ray, I don't know if you know Ray, goes and visits Luke. And, and Ray says to Luke, where is it? She says, you've closed yourself off to the force. Like, you're not aware of the force anymore. And I just, I'm watching this, right? It's a total, like, sci-fi. It's not, like, a holy movie at all, right? <laughs> but she's like, you, you've closed yourself off to the force. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if I ever do that. I wonder if I close myself off to the reality that God is with me and that he can help me. He can help me in the mess. I never want to, don't be like Luke. <laughs> but turn to someone next to you and say, it's time to be like a Jedi. <laughs> and could we bring the fashion back as well would anyone wear the robes <laughs> come on I would especially in Armadale how good would that be be like a Jedi <laughs> including the fashion so cool so another thing I think that we can remember in the mess is that God can't transform what we don't bring him 
God is here. He is close. He's ready to help us. The Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in a minute and the Spirit's role because the Spirit is God. God is here to help us. He's close to us. He's not far from us. But he can't transform something that we won't bring to him, (laughs) that we won't bring to him and say, God, I need help with this or God, I know that I'm failing here or whatever it is. Because the Bible says there's no condemnation. And so whatever it is that we need help with, maybe it's sin, maybe it's just the mess of somebody else's decision in your life. When we bring it to God, that's when he can start to transform. That's where his power is at work. But he can't help us if we don't bring it to him, right? And so what I've learned through my inability to control literally everything is that usually I'm allowing my fear of uncertainty to be greater than my certainty in the fact, and then, than my certainty about who God is, about how powerful he is, that he is with me and that I'm not alone in it. And so I think like when I'm trying to control something myself, what do I have at my disposal? I'm going to tell you when it's really lame, so don't judge All I have when I am trying to figure something out on my own is I have my own thinking, my own resources, and my own energy. That's it. And I can't can't tell you how much that is just so limited. (laughs) Like, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. Like, I do not have the energy, I do not have the capacity to do the job that the Holy Spirit can do in my life. I just can't do it. I can't do it. We need him. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to rely on him. So we contrast my own thinking, my own resources, my own energy, and we contrast that with God's thoughts, which the Bible says are infinitely higher than mine. The Spirit's power, which is infinitely more transformational than my own. And God's strength, which is infinitely superior to anything that I could like throw at my problems on my own. We need him. And I'm so glad about that. I'm so glad about that. So God can't transform what we don't bring him. But the flip side of that is we can bring him anything, anything. And how wonderful, how amazing. And he can begin that transformation. The third thing that I think that Paul is saying is that transformation is not always immediate. It's not always straight away. Our culture loves the quick fix. And in our Renaults, I'm like, I don't want to sand that. I just want to paint it. Andrew's like, how are we married? Like, really? I don't want the preparation. I don't want the work. I just want the results straight up. Is anyone else like me? Cool. I'm glad I'm not the unholy one alone. (laughs) I don't want to sand. I don't want to prepare. I just want to get it done. I want it to be finished. I want it to look good. I don't want to do the work. But I'm so bummed this morning to just have to remind you and remind myself that transformation takes time. There's nothing wrong with you (laughs) if the transformation is not immediate. It's actually normal. It's God's process that he teaches us slowly and he teaches us through our circumstances. And it doesn't happen straight away. What is that ad I was asking, Andrew? It said it doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen. Does anyone remember? Was that like Pantene or something? Yeah, all of those. Clairol, L'Oreal, Pantene. It doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen. And the same is true with God. It will happen. Transformation will happen. Healing will happen. But God has a process and he wants to teach us and mold us through it. And, and that sucks sometimes. Hey, we don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. 
So if you're here this morning and, you know, maybe when things have been hard, I'm going to talk from my own experience so that I don't, like, <laughs> assassinate anyone. When I have gone through things that have hard, people have said things to me like, God will use this to teach someone else. I know that's true. It's 100% true. But I don't need to hear that when I'm in pain. When the pain is so real and so visceral and so overwhelming, that's not the time. <laughs> what I need someone to say in that space is, I'm here for you and I will pray for you. Because that's what we can do, right? And so if you are here this morning and you're listening to like transformation and going through hard things and blah, 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 and you are like in pain, put it on the back burner for another day. It's okay. Everything is going to be okay. And come and get us to pray with you afterwards. Come and pray with us. That's what we need to invite the Holy Spirit into our situation that feels so overwhelming, that feels like God, would, God could never use this. This is ridiculous. This is too painful. This is too horrible for God to ever use. Forget about that. Forget about that for a moment and just humble yourself. I, I had to humble myself and just ask people, hey, can you pray for me? I'm, I'm not doing well. I can't do this. But I know God can. I just need someone else to stand in the gap for me. I need someone else to pray for me. So can I encourage you to do that this morning if that's you? It's the natural thing to want to do to just to control things, isn't it? And even if you're in a mess that's created by some, someone else, God is so kind that he won't allow it to be wasted. He won't. It, it's horrible now, but it won't be wasted, I promise. It won't be wasted. So transformation isn't immediate, but it is in God's very nature to transform and to restore. If you're in that place, all I'll say to you this morning is, let me pray for you and don't give up. Just don't give up. That's all you need to do right now. Have someone pray with you and don't give up. Is that cool? Awesome. So the last thing that I think that we can learn from these passages is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Paul just talked about the Spirit who is Lord. The Spirit is God. We have the best help that we could get, the Holy Spirit. How amazing. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. He's the best help that we have. Um, like we said earlier, the Holy Spirit is not a weird add-on to our relationship with God. Sometimes things can happen that are weird to do with the Holy Spirit, but just like throw, chuck those out, forget about those things, and just remember the Holy Spirit. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit a com our comforter and a helper and a teacher. How good is that? Who doesn't need that in mess? A comforter, a teacher, a helper. It's beautiful. Of course, we can't talk about transformation and particularly the Holy Spirit without talking about Romans 12, verse 2. I don't think I have it on a slide, but I'm just going to read it to you real quick and we're just going to remind ourselves. You've probably heard it before if you've been in church. It says, don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then it says, that's how you'll know God's will. <laughs> we don't conform to the patterns of the world and that's how we know God's will. So what a wonderful thing. I, it's, I think we should mention, contrary to like the to toxic versions of Christianity that are like, you need to just be happy all the time, you need to trust God, blah, blah, blah. Have you heard those before? Has anyone said that to you? <laughs> People have said that to me as well. We actually don't read here in Romans, don't grieve or don't lose it or don't feel all the emotions. 
I just love the whole, the entirety of the Bible because in it we see the full spectrum <laughs> of human emotions. We see the disappointment. We feel the betrayal. We see all of these difficult things. And then in the same book, we see people rejoicing over the goodness of God and, you know, the miraculous provision of God. And so there's this whole scale <laughs> of human emotion in the Bible. And I don't think it's ever right that we as Christians or the church or whatever say, um, you need to calm down and don't feel, just be happy. That's rubbish. God's here for us in the mess. That's the whole point of Jesus is that he came to the mess to redeem it. And so I'm really sorry if you've ever heard that in a church. And I want to tell you, you feel whatever you need to feel. The trick is that we just don't stay there forever. That's all. That's all it is. We see things in the Bible like deep lamenting and anxiety and celebration. Um, but what we've just read in Romans is, it doesn't say be happy all the time. It just says, check your patterns. Don't conform to the patterns of the world. What are your patterns? And that's a good question for us to ask this morning. And whatever mess that we're in, what are my patterns? What are the patterns here? <laughs> what are my patterns of coping? What are my patterns of... Um, of nurturing that relationship with God? What are my patterns of hearing from the Holy Spirit? Because who knows, if you don't have a plan, you don't have a plan. <laughs> Things don't happen if you don't have a plan, right? Some of you who like hate spreadsheets, I know you're like, oh, don't talk to me about a plan. And I was that person. And now I'm like, give me a plan. I need to write it down. I need to make a, uh, what does Zoe do? a PowerPoint presentation of this. <laughs> she, um, we were, doing, we were um, sorting out different jobs, like chores in our house and which kid would do which job and she made a full-on PowerPoint about it. And she made us all sit down and she clicked through it, clicked through it. No talking, please, click through, click through. The last slide is, I will take your questions now. Like, so organised. <laughs> if we don't have a plan, if we don't have a goal, like we talked about earlier... The setbacks can become a comeback, but we must have a plan. And what we've just read is that God's plan for us is that we would be transformed to be like him. That's the plan. And if we understand that, on that journey of being transformed into all that God has for us, we will know his kindness. We will know his grace and mercy and his comfort, even in the hard times, because this is who God is. He's so wonderful, so kind and so wonderful. So don't be conformed to the wrong patterns. Don't be conformed to the wrong patterns. Be transformed. And Paul says it's, it's by renewing our thinking. And that's like daily if necessary, hey. Sometimes it's every day we need to remind ourselves. So that following Jesus and becoming like him, those themselves are the safe harbours of our life. So wonderful especially in the mess. So we need to ask the question, what are my patterns? And then we ask the Holy Spirit, please help me. <laughs> help me, God. Lead me, God. Just before we finish, I might ask the musos to come. I'm going um, to read a quote from a guy called N.T. Wright. He's an Anglican guy and he's the best. And he's talking about Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was introduced, when the Holy Spirit came on the scene and just revolutionized how we communicate with God, how we know God, how we are empowered to live a life to follow Jesus. And this is what he writes. He says, the point about Pentecost 
is that it's the point in which two worlds collide and look like they are now going to be together for keeps. The two worlds, of course, are heaven and earth. And in the first century, as in the 21st, many people suppose that these worlds were supposed to be safely apart. We live on earth and God lives in heaven. And we hope that there might be some commerce between the two. And indeed, we have special places and special times when we allow for this, like a meeting between a teacher and a parent at the school gate, a kind of no man's land, which is neither quite family nor quite school and which thus avoids embarrassment. He says, there is an old chorus which begins, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. That's a great invitation, but sadly, it goes on and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. There is a truth in that, but actually, in today's gospel, a very different note is sounded. When we look fully at Jesus, risen, ascended and glorified, and when Jesus sends His Spirit to His people, then things of the earth will be seen in a new sharp and proper way. Instead of escaping from the world and retreating like an embarrassed chameleon to a one-coloured field only, we are sent into the world, not to take on its colour, but to reveal the new combined reality of heaven and earth and to live that reality. How beautiful is that? The new combined reality of heaven and earth. So we know that Jesus has wrecked all the barriers and God is with us now through the Holy Spirit. And perhaps it's time for us as God's people and me and you and our church here in Armadale to remember, they are not separate. God is with us. There is no barrier. There's no barrier between us and God. There's no barrier between this physical world and the world of the Spirit where the Holy Spirit comes to empower and to comfort and to rescue and transform. How beautiful. There's no other hope in the world that is like that. So much has been written about the Holy Spirit and I'm not sure we need to necessarily read more. Although if you do come and see me, I've got some great books. But I think we just need to invite Him into our situation. We just need to invite Him into our life, into our mess. He's so gentle and so kind. You won't regret it. You would never regret inviting the Holy Spirit into your situation. Imagine having a functional, active faith in the mess and not just like an obligational kind of faith. That's what I want. <laughs> That's what I want more than anything. I was in Tamworth last week and I was telling the prayer team, the team earlier we were praying, and I'll try not to cry this time, that I was just talking about just the Easter message basically and just revisiting all of these things that Jesus has wrecked so that we can know God. And I just became overwhelmed again at the goodness of God. Because it's never been easier. It's never been easier for us to come to Him and say, help me. I need you, God. It's not even hard, guys. It's not hard. It's easy. Help me, God. Help me, God. Sometimes the simplest prayers are the best. Have you ever heard someone pray this amazing prayer and you're like in a group and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to pray after them. What am I going to say? <laughs> Sometimes the best prayers are just the honest ones. They don't need to be. It doesn't need to have all the words. It just needs to be, help me, God. 
Help me, God. I love that. God is so good and so kind. And we have the Holy Spirit to help us. Let's, let's not forget that the Holy Spirit is God. God with us to help us in the mess. So why don't, let's all just stand together. I just wanted to create an opportunity just for you to respond if you want to this morning.